Welcome to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm your host, Bible teacher and author, Carol McLeod. I hope that after you listen to today's episode, you will love the Bible more than you ever have in your life. You know, I really do believe that the Bible is living and active and has the power to change our lives even today in the 21st century. The Word of God is God's heart, mind, will, and wisdom in written format. We get to read the very words of God. Our current series is titled, Meanwhile, Meeting God in the Wait. Meanwhile is a look at the life of Joseph of the Old Testament. It's also the title of my newest book, but we'll talk about that later. I've told you this before, but Joseph is my favorite Old Testament character. Some people love Ruth or Esther, David, Abraham. I I like those people, but I love Joseph. I love him because he was a man of honor and integrity and stood firmly for God, no matter what happened in his life. Today's episode is number five in the series. So let's dig in and get started. It's time to travel to the Egyptian dungeon and join Joseph and his fellow prisoners. Joseph shared a cell with two men who formerly served the king in the culinary division. Their once favored positions had been ripped from them, and now they were prison dwellers with Joseph. Then it came about after these things, the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt offended their lord, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was furious with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and chief baker. So he put them in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard in the jail, the same place where Joseph was imprisoned. The captain of the bodyguard put Joseph in charge of them and he took care of them, and they were in confinement for some time. Let me tell you about these two former officials in the king's palace. The cupbearer tasted the wine first, ensuring that the king would not be poisoned by the drink. The baker made sure the food of Pharaoh was in no way tainted so as to injure or perhaps kill the king. In some manner, both the cupbearer and baker had offended Pharaoh. Biblical historians believe a type of poison was discovered in either Pharaoh's food or drink. Therefore, both were placed under suspicion. They were likely cellmates with Joseph, although he was the one in charge of them. The baker and the cupbearer both had a dream the same night. Genesis 40, verse 5. Then the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt, who were confined in jail, both had a dream the same night, each man with his own dream and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came into them in the morning and observed them, behold, they were dejected. He asked Pharaoh's officials who were with him in confinement in his master's house, why are your faces so sad today? That was Genesis 40, 6 and 7. So the next morning, Joseph asked them, why are you sad today? Now, this question never ceases to tickle me. What kind of question is that, Joseph? Duh, they were in prison. Wasn't that reason enough for their faces to be sad? 
Apparently, that thought had never crossed Joseph's mind. Being in prison was not reason enough for Joseph to display sadness. Now, remember, the Lord was with Joseph, and in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And apparently, Joseph, even in prison, was tapping in to that inexpressible joy. Now, as you know, we must use the word. We, we must use it as a mirror to look into our own lives. Are you aware of the troubles of others the way Joseph was? Or are you only aware of your own self-pity? As we go through life, no matter what our circumstances are like, we must also be aware of what is going on in the lives of others. And that's what Joseph did. Your prison or your meanwhile might not be about you at all. It might be about your opportunity to encourage someone else in that hard spot. Genesis 40 verse 8, Then they said to Joseph, We have had a dream and there's no one to interpret it. Then Joseph said to them, Does not interpretation belong to God? Tell it to me, please. They didn't know the interpretation of their dreams, and Joseph ensured them, God will interpret your dreams. So how, again, did Joseph spend his meanwhile? By encouraging others and by using his God-given gifts to bring hope to others. He didn't waste his meanwhile, but he turned it into a ministry. What you do during the days of your meanwhile matters. It matters very much. Ask somebody else how they're doing, like Joseph did. Take every opportunity to talk about the Lord, just like Joseph did. Genesis chapter 40, verses 9 through 11. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, there was a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. And as it was budding, its blossoms came out, and its clusters produced ripe grapes. Now Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, so I took the grapes and squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. So the cupbearer had seen a vine in his dream, and there were three branches on the vine. The branches produced buds, they grew into blossoms, and then into grapes. And in his dream, the cupbearer was holding Pharaoh's cup. He took the grapes, squeezed them into the cup, and then handed the cup to Pharaoh, the king. Genesis 40, verses 12 through 14. And then Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation of your dream. The three branches are three days. And within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. And you will put Pharaoh's cup into his hand according to your former custom when you were his cupbearer. Only keep me in mind when it goes well with you. And please do me a kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. So Joseph interpreted the dream. Well, God interpreted it through Joseph. And Joseph said the three branches represent three days. And within three days, Pharaoh will restore you, the cupbearer, to your office and will lift up your head. And Joseph said, please remember me, put in a good word for me. Now, this was a valid and humble request. So understandable. Genesis Chapter 40, verse 15, Joseph continued, For I was in fact kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing that they should have put me into the dungeon. Now, this is the first time we hear Joseph's side of the story. 
Doesn't your heart just go out to Joseph? Don't you feel a dose of compassion for this young man and his tattered life? I have to remind myself that God's ways are so much higher than my ways. And although I would have instantly released Joseph from prison, God had a higher, better plan for this young man that we have all fallen in love with. Then, because Joseph did such a wonderful job interpreting the cupbearer's dream, the baker then wanted his dream interpreted. He liked what Joseph had said to the cupbearer. Genesis 40, verses 16 and 17. When the chief baker saw that he had interpreted favorably, he said to Joseph, I also saw in my dream, and behold, there were three baskets of white bread on my head, and in the top basket there were some of all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, and the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. So as you know now, but let me just reiterate, in the baker's dream, there were three baskets of white bread on his head. And In the top basket, there were all sorts of pastries for Pharaoh, and the birds were eating out of the baskets on his head. Genesis 40, verses 18 through 19. Then Joseph answered and said, This is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and will hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat your flesh off you. Oh, can you imagine having to say these words to a man whom you knew well, someone who had been under your charge? I can't help but think that Joseph looked the baker compassionately in his eyes and quietly told him the three baskets represent three days. Joseph had to inform this man, who I imagine had become more than a cellmate, that within three days Pharaoh would hang him and the birds would eat his flesh. Genesis 40, 20 through 22. Thus it came about on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast for all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his office, and he put the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had interpreted to them. So in three days, sure enough, the cupbearer was restored to a position of prominence and the chief baker was hanged on a tree. Joseph 40, verse 23. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. (laughs) That verse is nearly too painful to read, isn't it? We have fallen in love with the young man who was favored by his father, bullied by his brothers, sold into slavery, lost an unprovoked sexual harassment case, and now was forced to spend even more time in prison. As I read the account, I often find myself thinking, God, where are you in Joseph's story? When will you show up? But I believe the Father quietly answers my frustrating questions by saying, Carol, you can trust that I'm in Joseph's story just as I am in yours. I will show up at just the right time for you and for Joseph. If my God knows the perfect time to have the ocean meet the shore, then who am I to question his timing in my life? Well, this verse sets into motion yet another meanwhile for Joseph. He's gone from the pit to the caravan to Potiphar's house to prison. 
Now his destiny is in the forgetful hands of an amnesiac. Although the cupbearer may have forgotten Joseph, God did not. You may feel forgotten and ignored by the people around you, but you are God's number one priority. If God is making you wait, then be prepared to receive more than you asked for. Let's divert from Joseph's story for just a moment so I can read to you a very impactful verse from Isaiah 49, verses 15 and 16. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Behold, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. I believe. Joseph's life was not in the hands of an amnesiac, but in the hands of God. He was not forgotten. God was not done with Joseph's story, and he's not done with your story yet either. Genesis 41, verses 1 through 8. Now, this is a long portion I'm going to read to you, but hang in there. You can do it. Now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he was standing by the Nile. And lo, from the Nile, there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed in the march grass. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them from the Nile, ugly and gaunt, and they stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. The ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven sleek and fat cows. Then Pharaoh awoke. He fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain came up on a single stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven ears, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up after them. The thin ears swallowed up the seven plump and full ears. Then Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Now in the morning, his spirit was troubled. So he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. So the magicians referenced in this passage belonged to a group that were experts in handling priestcraft. That's really closer to something we would consider witchcraft. So when your spirit is troubled, my friend, like Pharaoh's was in verse 8, go to a man or a woman of God. Go to the Word of God. There you will find your answers. Open your Bible. Pray. Go to a Christian counselor. Go to a pastor or a mentor in the faith. As I read Joseph's story, I'm reminded that one of the mysteries of life is the timing in which our good father operates. This mystery is magnified in the story of Joseph's meanwhile. However, as we stand from a rich historical distance and watch this narrative unfold, we are satisfied with God's choices concerning his ultimate timing. If the cupbearer had remembered Joseph upon his release from prison, Joseph would have almost assuredly gone back to the land of the Hebrews. But God required Joseph's services for a greater need and for an exact moment. As we continue to dig for gold in the story of Joseph, you can confidently know God's timing is always flawless perfection. Isaiah 60, verse 22, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. 
So after two long years, the chief cupbearer finally had a moment of recall and immediately went to Pharaoh. The cupbearer suddenly remembered the young man he had met in prison, Genesis 41, 9 through 13. Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh saying, I would make mention today of my own offenses. Pharaoh was furious with his servants and he put me in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard, both me and the chief baker. We had a dream on the same night, he and I. Each one of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now, a Hebrew youth was with us there, a servant of the captain of the bodyguard, and we related our dreams to him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each one, he interpreted according to his own dream. And just as he interpreted for us, so it happened. He restored me in my office, but he hanged the baker. The palace staff hurried to release Joseph from prison. They gave him new clothes as well as a bath and a good haircut. When Joseph was physically ready, because he had always been spiritually and emotionally ready, Joseph stepped into the throne room of Pharaoh, the man who was considered to be God incarnate by all under his rule. Genesis 41, 14 through 16. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph, and they hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream, but no one can interpret it. And I have heard it said about you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph then answered Pharaoh saying, it's not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Do you hear the words of Joseph? It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. At once, Joseph is both humble and bold with one statement. Joseph said, hey, let's get this straight from the very beginning. I am a man of God who listens to God. There was zero pride in Joseph. Time in the meanwhile of life takes away all of your pride, doesn't it? I have found that is one of the things that time spent in the meanwhile of life has done for me. It's matured me, strengthened me, humbled me, refined me, changed me. When a man or a woman spends time in the meanwhile, somehow all that really matters now is that God is honored in one's life. So Joseph told Pharaoh, I can give you a favorable answer. This phrase, favorable answer, actually was the word shalom, which is Hebrew for the word peace. Joseph knew that the Lord was about to use him as an agent of peace. Now, in all situations, Joseph's role is our role. Remember, we are Joseph in the story, and our life should provide a peaceful demonstration of the character of God. When one of God's children arrives on the scene, the atmosphere should automatically be charged with serenity. So Pharaoh tells Joseph his dreams. Can you picture it? Let's picture it. Pharaoh is in the throne room, pacing, upset, troubled in his spirit. He's the victim of a horrible nightmare that's been haunting him day and night. And Joseph stood there quietly listening praying intently. Perhaps Joseph was to the side of the room. And after Pharaoh had recounted his dream, 
This is what Pharaoh then said. Then I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. I wonder if Joseph listened intently to the words of Pharaoh and prayed silently for God to speak through him and to him. I imagine Joseph stared steadfastly at the face of Pharaoh. I believe that Joseph was more aware of the importance of honoring God, whether he was ever released from prison or not. Genesis 41, verses 25 through 32. Now Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams are one and the same. God has told to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good years are seven years. The dreams are one and the same. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven thin ears scorched by the east wind will be seven years of famine. It is as I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Behold, seven years of great abundance are coming in all the land of Egypt, and after them, seven years of famine will come, and all the abundance will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will ravage the land. So the abundance will be unknown in the land because of that subsequent famine, for it will be very severe. Now, as for the repeating of the dream to Pharaoh twice, it means that the matter is determined by God and God will quickly bring it about. Joseph didn't hesitate, nor did he negotiate. He humbly and thoroughly repeated every word God had laid in his young heart. He was not constrained by his disappointment, nor defined by his circumstances. He was an unencumbered man who kept his gaze singularly on his Lord. Whatever chains that had held him in prison had no power over his spirit. Joseph's dreams had not happened quickly. Remember the dreams Joseph dreamed when he was 17 years old? And through the years, Joseph had become a man who trusted in the ways and timing of God. God is never late. He is never late. But I've never known him to be early either. So Joseph didn't take a breath, but continued on with what God had placed in his heart. Genesis 41, 33 through 37. Now let Pharaoh look for a man discerning and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh take action to appoint overseers in charge of the land and let him exact a fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven years of abundance. Then let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain for food in the cities under Pharaoh's authority and let them guard it. Let the food become as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which will occur in the land of Egypt so that the land will not perish during the famine. Now the proposal seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his servants. Can't you picture it? They're on the throne room, nodding their heads, stroking their chins, saying, yes, yes, this is good. This is good. But bottom line is this. Joseph was more aware of the Lord's presence than he was of his human pain. Joseph was more aware of the Lord's presence than he was of the intimidating human ruler in the room. Joseph had tapped into the wisdom of God because of his submissive spirit. My friend, you will never have God's wisdom as long as you do life your way. As long as I demand on having my 
own way and say, I hate this prison. I don't deserve this prison. This prison is not a fair prison. I will never have the capacity to tap into the wisdom of God. When others mistreat us, if we act the way the world says, oh, you get to act that way, revenge, gossip, and blame, we are denying ourselves the blessing, the wisdom, and the ways of God the Father. Proverbs 18, 16 has always been a significant verse in my life. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Joseph used his God-given gifts, whether in the prison or in the palace. My friend, remember, you serve a God who turns all your meanwhiles into miracles. Well, if you enjoyed today's teaching on a jolt of joy, I'd like to encourage you to buy a copy of my most recent book, Meanwhile, Meeting God in the Wait. Also available are the eight teaching videos. These videos will add a richness. They will enhance your study in this book that digs into the life of Joseph of the Old Testament. These eight videos make it perfect to use in your Sunday school class, in a small group, or in a Bible study. The book, meanwhile, is available on my website, carolmccloudministries.com. It's available on Amazon, Ironstream Media, and wherever books are sold. The video teaching series is only available on my website, carolmccloudministries.com and at ironstreammedia.com. Ironstream Media is my wonderful publisher. I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to email me at carol at carolmccloudministries.com. We love to pray for everyone who connects with us, so be sure and send me your prayer request. I want to remind you today that when you choose Jesus, you're choosing joy. His will for your life is an inexpressible and relentless joy. Don't ever doubt it. And as always, today and every day, I dare you to choose joy.